power, justice, darkness, light. Two halves of an ancient puzzle are the only hope. Welcome to Video City, where there's no membership required and no one wants to party with Victor Geisman. I'm Brent. I'm Joe. I'm Travis. And today we are reviewing the 1994 film Double Dragon, based off the hit arcade game slash series of the same name. Uh, I believe, Joe and Travis, this was your initial pick for the show. So please tell us a little bit about the choice and why it was chosen. Well, we wanted to start with Double Dragon because I just figured it's a good launching off point. It's campy. It's fun. Some people remember it, but it's not one of the big three of video game movies that came out in the same time. So it has a little more excitement to it. A little little mystery. A little bit of mystery. A little intrigue. Yeah, they had, uh, you know, sweet secret handshakes. Dude, right? It was, you know... You gotta go this. You messed it up every time when you tried it with anybody. Yeah, it's one high five and one fist bump. Yeah, it, and it, you for those it. of you that are, th- because this is an audio medium. <laughs> it's, for uh, now. One, yeah, for now. One, one hand up, one, you're doing a, a, a dap as well as a high five. Yes. Yeah, but you, and, would, would people like, would you both they, do the left hand and then you'd be like, shit, you gotta do the exactly, right hand. Exactly, yeah. Yep. You would, you would in, instead of high, you'd high five and fist bump instead of where you're supposed to be just catching each other. Ah, oh, yeah, it's catch the fists. Yes. yes. And then you'd be like, what are you doing? And you're like, the secret handshake from the Double Dragon movie? Yeah, exactly. And then you get your ass beat. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you know it. karate. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, of course. Uh, Checks out. So, now I have not... Uh, this is actually my first time seeing Double Dragon. I, I never saw it. I liked the game. Uh, it was one of those eras of arcade slash NES games or NES games based off arcade games that are really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, me and my brother, we had this on Commodore 64 because oh, we are made of dust and we are ancient. Yeah. And it was impossible to beat the first level. And plus, you can hit each other in it, and it actually takes away health. So my brother and I would end up fist fighting during this game. In real life? In real life. Okay, yeah, yeah. You would, you would, Billy, Billy and Jip, like how they have their, they, they do a little sparring in here, spoiler alert. Uh, you would do that with your brother. Yes, but less graceful and more slappy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was less graceful. Uh, Scott Wolf has some pretty ungraceful... Uh, Karate moves in this movie. Oh, I can't geez, believe. Wolf. Uh, I can't believe that a party of five guys, Scott Wolf. Uh, anyway, we'll get to that. Uh, so uh, you've seen the movie. Yes. Okay. When? Uh, what is your memory of seeing the movie, Joe? Well, so when I was young, there was this kid across the street, and I had no concept of how divorce worked or like <laughs> joint custody or anything. So he was just the kid that was there sometimes. Uh huh. Yeah. So one time when he was actually there every other weekend, <laughs> I don't think it was. I think it was like he'd show up in the summer a little bit. Oh, OK. So yeah, his, his dad kind of sucked. Yeah. But one time he was actually there instead of playing our like Crystal Caves and Commander Keen on his computer. He's like, I got a tape. So we watched it and I guess it didn't wasn't fully rewound. So I think we came in towards the end when, when they were already at Power Core HQ. Because okay. that's all I remember. And I was like, this movie's awesome. Yeah. And <laughs> And then we watched it again, and there's more to it. There is a lot more to, not really a lot more to it, but I, I do think that there is a lot more time to it. There is more. <laughs> there is at least two thirds more time to it. Yeah, uh, Travis, what are your memories of Double Dragon? Uh, I remember seeing it in the the movie theater when it came out, and it has been one of those staples for me that I will go back every couple years and rewatch. Um, it's not a great movie by any means, but it's, it's of the time, and it's wonderful to put you just back in that because. You know, when it, it was 94 when it came out. So we're like, 
you know, double dragon. I'm gonna be a ninja like that. You know, that's you just you were nine or ten years old. That was super cool. To you, he's a video game ninja. You got to wear real dorky rhinestone studded outfits. Now, did you? Okay, so th- this. The movies, we, so a little bit behind the scenes, we watch a few movies at the same time. We're recording these in batches. The first batch, and I won't spoil what else we're watching, but I realized that like the, it, that part of the 90s was such a thing about like pollution is such an ongoing. Oh, yeah. Like I, you all wanted to be a, a, a karate fighter that also fought pollution. Yeah. It was post-apocalyptic yeah. in the future. Yes. And the, it was we had kind the of ozone the, crisis going on. That, the hole in the ozone oh, there was you a go. big deal That's back then. Yeah. And uh, but here's what it's I want to anymore. Ask. We fixed it. So it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's perfectly right. Like, no one talks about much anymore, less so hairsprays being used these days. Yeah, so yeah. we're good. No chlorofluorocarbons. No CFCs. Yes. Uh, did any of you ever take uh, Taekwondo classes? My brother took Kung Fu and I went a couple times. OK, they were Mainly, Kung Fu. I sat in the living room of the place and I watched WMAC Masters. OK, <laughs> Did you ever do? No, no, I've I've done no uh, no martial arting before. I, I, that was just like the thing. There was like one Taekwondo school in my little hometown, and it was like all the nerds who could not play football. That's how we would try to like get any cred is be like, well, I can do katas, you know, like I can hit poses and kick very softly, like oh, whatever. Anyway, okay, um, I'm already already off track. Great, great start. Um, yeah, I have never seen this. Fan of the video games, they were hard as hell. Uh, the last third of this, Joe, I think you got the, the best part of it because the last third is actually yeah, kind of the a last treat. third is good. The first two thirds, eh, you know, we'll They're get there. to it. But uh, so, Joe, you need to give us a little bit of background about what's going on in the world uh, at the time Double Dragon is released. OK, well, if you happen to be fortunate enough to not go see Double Dragon in theaters, the number one movie at the time was Stargate, which was, from what I remember, actually pretty good. They made enough shows about it. The number one song on the radio at the time was Boys to Men, I'll Make Love to You. Oh, yeah. Classic. Like you want me to. Classic. The, the middle school dance, awkward classic, uh, where they, you know, the DJ would struggle to get the appropriate amount of horny for, uh, for a 10-year-old uh, doing the Leave Room for Jesus. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing better than a room full of middle school kids while four adult men are talking about how they want to make love to you. Yeah. Just and, to set the mood. And the creepy, you know, DJ who they, you know, the school district hired, probably the cheapest one they could find. Probably one of the kids, like weird older brothers, like the fail son, older brother, you know, who's like, hey, I'm a DJ for like school dances. Y'all went to way more fun schools than I did. I, you know, we had a lot of country and in sync. Oh, we had that too. That's I mean, about it. sync was a little past middle school for me. That was kind of early high school. I think how, you're a little younger than I think me. I'm just one year younger. Really? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 38. Uh, me too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we're the same age. We're all that was more of a high school thing, but, uh, probably yeah. in its peak, but, but the, the best part was I went to a Catholic school also. So oh, now I'm in a Catholic school, but the music didn't change from public school to Catholic school, which was always weird. Cause then you're like, but Jesus is here. No, it went, it, it got raunchier. I went to some Catholic <laughs> but Jesus school lives here. <laughs> I went to some Catholic school proms and they had way raunchier music. It's yeah, all the it repression. Was, it, it's, it was bananas. It was. Yeah. I think that the I'll make love to you is awkward enough, but at least that's the slow dance that you're all required to like to do the, the arm length thing when it would get when it would really pop off is when they would throw on Genuine's Pony. for some Oh, reason. every time, every time. Bam. Which, side note, slight tangent. Uh, a couple of friends of mine made a playlist that is called songs that are too horny to fuck to. And they were like, what do you mean by that? And it was called Horned. And it was I was like, no, it's there's some songs that are about sex, but no one has ever fucked to them because they're. No one can actually take it seriously. 
And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, Genuine's Pony. Like, that is the uber example. Like, no one has ever fucked to that song. It's too horny. You can't take yourself seriously, right? I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, okay. That's, that's that tangent. Uh, anyway, uh, what was on the alternative music chart? Oh, it was Zombie by the Cranberries. Zombie. It was their big breakout hit. Big breakout hit that I think is about the Troubles. Yeah, it's about the Troubles. Yeah. I mean, like a really dark song. Yeah. But it, it goes hard. It and still goes hard. If you listen to it now, I don't know how it was ever a hit. Yeah, it's so it's, it's bizarre. It's real, like kind of slow and yeah, brooding serious and, and brooding. Yeah. And at yeah. the end, oh 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 oh, oh, oh. yeah, uh, make wild noises. That's, that's a lot of their hits, though. That's true. And rest in peace to the singer. I think she died. Yeah, a few years ago. A few years ago. Yeah, uh, not to not to date it. Uh, the this the recording of this, uh, but at the at the current time, uh, the song just came on on the Showtime show Yellow Jackets that I am currently watching. I didn't like its use. Thought it was a little too cute for itself, but you know, it was good to hear the cranberries. It's always good to hear the cranberries. Yeah. Oh. Now, if you're watching TV tonight on Fox, the X Files episode three premiered, which is the first episode to not feature Gillian Anderson as her character Dana Scully because she had been abducted in the previous episode. Ah, so this is like the alien abduction, or no, it wasn't an alien, right? I think they were getting her off the show because she was pregnant. That's right. I mean, yeah, that's the actual practical reason. I never watched. The oh, X-Files. I mean, aliens. Yeah, <laughs> she was pregnant by an alien, right? Why not? Uh, sure, yeah. Aliens uh, are fun. Speaking of, al- speaking of X-Files, uh, we'll get to in a bit, uh, Robert Patrick, a recurring character in the X-Files. Yeah, late seasons, he was Dodge it. Dog it. Sure, yeah. I just saw it on his uh, IMDb. You know? Oh, yeah, when Mulder wanted to take a break or Duchovny. They- oh, he took the lead? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then the show kind of tanked. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Vince Gilligan, Vince Gilligan, right? Yeah, the one who went, did Breaking Bad. Yeah, he didn't know how to land the plane yet on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did the, the, the other one, the one with the four guys, the nerds. Oh, Lone Gunman. Lone Gunman. That's it. Oh, yeah. There okay. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. technically Millennium in the same universe, too. Was Millennium? I remember watching Millennium. Or did it just feel like out. the same thing? That'd be a whole... I can't talk about Millennium because that's going to be a hold over tangent about how I was super scared about the world ending in, like, 1999. Oh, maybe, no. Maybe we'll watch, like, End of Days or something and I can go into there my you go. paranoia about that. that. Uh, so anything else about the, uh, important things going on at the time? Yeah. Just to give a frame of reference for where the world was at in San Francisco, the first conference to focus exclusively on the subject of the commercial potential of the world wide web was held. The information superhighway. Also the United center in Chicago opens for his first sporting event with the bulls defeating the Hornets 89 to 83, three days after retiring Michael Jordan's number 23 Jersey. And a day before the movie came out on November 3rd, the first PlayStation console was released in Japan. Oh. Okay, so in Japan. Yeah, in Japan. Yeah, not here. We didn't get the good stuff for a little while still. Wait, how long did it take? Because I, I saw that on your fact sheet, and I was like, there's no way. But I, I had one by the time I think I was like 12, so maybe like the next year. Final Fantasy VII was on PlayStation 1, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I had that, I think, in middle school. Yeah, I mean, it is middle school, yeah. Because like, I, I would be 10 years old when this movie came out. I think by the time I was 12, I had a PlayStation. And I remember it took at least a year for good games to come out. Yeah. Are yeah, you that saying that Parappa the Rapper was not a good game? Uh, he, I love Parappa the Rapper. Yes. Guys, he's wrong, actually. Uh, <laughs> Parappa the Rapper fucking rules. No. Uh, it's, and it holds up. Anyway, uh, what yes. about Um Jammer Lammy? That's just sounds. <laughs> Brent, you're having a stroke. All right. Uh, so uh, I'll give a quick rundown here. Uh, Double Dragon, 1994. James Yukic, uh, or U- yeah, I think Yukic, uh, best known for directing the music video for the band Genesis's 1986 single, Invisible Touch. God, so uh, good. 
brings us the big screen adaptation of the 1987 arcade hit Double Dragon. The movie stars Party of, Party of Five Star and apparently future voice of Trunks from Dragon Ball Z. I just learned this. Uh, Scott Wolf, future Iron Chef America chairman Mark Dacascus. Uh, Robert Patrick, fresh off his role as the T-1000 in a great, uh, you know, aware kind of role choice for his career. <laughs> and Alyssa Milano, post Who's the Boss and pre-prolific Twitter poster. Uh, the plot, such as it is, centers around villain Victor Geisman, played by Patrick, seeking out the two halves of the Double Dragon Medallion, uh, which was never in the video game, at no, least not the first few. Only in the cartoon. Uh, an ancient Chinese artifact that would grant him vaguely defined karate powers and allow him to take over the semi-post-apocalyptic city of New Angeles. Uh, we'll get to what happened to Old Angeles, or Los Angeles, briefly, uh, or shortly. His search for the medallions puts him in the path of the brothers Lee, uh, Bimmy, sorry, Billy, and Jimmy, two wisecracking karate prize-fighting orphans under the care of Satori Amada, played by former Walker Texas Ranger regular and former Scientologist Julia Nixon. The brothers Lee are bequeathed the missing second double dragon medallion, uh, which Satori received from their deceased father, and they are hunted down by Geisman, now going by the name or title, I'm unsure, of Koga Shuko, which is apparently the very un-Chinese name of an ancient Chinese warlord. Thus begins an action-packed game of cat and mouse involving boat chases, explosions, beat-em-up hijinks, and truly questionable special effects choices as the brothers Lee embark on a magical quest of self-discovery, and Billy, hopefully, in the end, gets a touch of boob. Let's talk about Double Dragon. So, I had no idea there was a beginning to this movie. So that blew my mind. <laughs> I went into this, when I hit play, I was fully expecting to see the headquarters. And then suddenly, we're, we're just outside. Okay, so you said when you first saw it, you started about two-thirds of the way. Yeah. Okay, so... It, and that was the only thing I'd ever seen. I never watched it oh, again. Oh, you never rewatched it? No. Oh, okay. I thought you said in the story that you had actually watched it again. No, just now. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, so... <laughs> Yeah, so you get this, like, you start with a nice, this is the second movie of this group that we're starting, uh, that we're reviewing, that starts with a CGI opening, in this case, a spinning, the double dragon medallion, and someone talking about ancient fucking times or whatever, who cares? It's yeah. just some backup, some bullshit, and yeah, it starts, it talks about it's, it's an ancient Chinese relic. Then it just opens, and it says, somewhere in China. <laughs> yeah, just somewhere. It is somewhere. You know, it's China. And... I feel like you would have to forgive me for thinking this is starting in ancient China. I was like, oh, they're going to give us the background of the double dragon medallion. No, uh, no. It turns out uh, this is absolutely modern day. Of course. Uh, so you get a group of these shadow warrior ass dudes. They're all dressed like ninjas and they start just they beset upon this provincial village uh, somewhere in China. Of course, everyone knows karate and they all start karate fighting each other. Very sensitive and accurate, uh, you know. Um, and so that, that's kind of what happens. But we, we do get that they are, someone is looking for one half of the Double Dragon Medallion, which is found in a cave. You sure? Yeah. And uh, you, you, you see the, the, the leader, and I'm like, oh, this is about colonialism. You know, the white person ruining China. It's because it's a, it's a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman takes off her, her mask, and she takes the one half of the medallion. Now, she's actually from the games. She, oh, she is? Yeah, Linda Lash. She's the one with the whip. Okay, so she's like a common enemy. Yeah. Because there's like many Linda Lash. There's Linda several Lash. Linda Lashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll get, to, we'll get to the stars of the game showing up in, in the... in the. because yeah, I want to talk about how terrible of a weapon is a whip. 
Okay. What kind? Look, I, I love Indiana Jones. That's iconic. But I got to think if someone's coming at me with a whip, oh, sling a whip around my waist. This, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm much heavier than this young Linda. She's not going to pull me towards her because she got super whip powers. She's secretly swole. You don't know this. She's she might actually have secret whip powers. She, getting, a, getting a little bit ahead of myself, she shoves a spear through a metal grate and shreds it like fucking cream cheese. Like, she's pretty strong, I think. A, a whip I mean, is a, a terrible weapon. It's a bullshit weapon. I mean, it's like you got to rear back. I bet it hurts like hell to get whipped. It back. probably doesn't feel good. It breaks but the sound. Even Indiana Jones, when faced with a dude with the sword, he didn't pull out the whip. And he plus, just, he just uh, shot him. Done. You, you get a lot of notice that it's coming. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And then all it takes up. is yes. sidestep. Yeah, a lot of wind up. And so, uh, so we get this. We get this opening scene. We cut forward, and now we are in the city of New Angeles, formerly Los Angeles, but we are told this is after the big quake. Uh, that was another thing. I mean, I guess it's still a thing uh, that, you know, California sits on a fault line. Yeah. Uh, one day it will sink into the ocean. I feel like that was a much more common thing that people thought about, like, well, in the 90s. They just had so many movies in the 90s where the future was some ruined version of, like, Southern California. And we'll do another one when we do uh, Escape from L.A. Yeah, yeah. Because it broke off at that point. Yeah. Right? It, That's the whole thing. Part, yeah, L.A. is completely separated well, from. Demolition Man. Yes. Yeah. See? Yeah. No one just sets movies in, in a broken off Los Angeles anymore. It's like it's just a very 90s thing. So we, we are introduced to Robert Patrick uh, looking like as 90s as possible. Just so his good. look. He's is got the vanilla so ice fade. Killer. Got the bleach. Like just the goatee, the suit. I mean, just and his performance in this movie. There is like chewing the scenery and there is like. You didn't even taste it. You ate it so quickly. Like, you inhaled it. That is him in this. He seems to be having a blast. I'm sure he's very ashamed of this. No. He's not. He enjoyed making the movie. Hell yeah. Good for him. I would, too. And he enjoyed, he enjoyed the character. He's like, it's fun to be menacing and also, you know, kind of fun. The fun, like, the, the quintessential, he's a very quintessential 90s kid-ish movie villain. Yeah, he's the big heavy. Yeah, the big heavy, kind of funny, a little smarmy and jokey, but also, like, got to turn on the thread a little bit of the Sweet eight-inch shoulder pads. Yeah. Oh. Hell yes. Killer. Yeah. Killer. Bring those back. Um, so we, we kind of get introduced to him. He's just your stereotypical big bad guy. You know, he wants to get this medallion. He has one half that was retrieved by Linda Lash. Linda Lash? Yeah, Linda Lash. Okay, Linda Lash, yeah. I'm going to absolutely forget some character names. Um, and... So he's looking for the other half because, as I said before, he will get some vaguely defined power that will allow him to take over. Specifically, he only wants New Angeles. He says, I just want one major American city. You know, is that so much? He's not asking a lot. He's not greedy. I mean, he's a regional warlord. Uh, But he, I think, activates it the first time in this first scene. And he, yeah, it absolutely does because he turns into like a tune from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like he becomes two dimensional and black and white. And it's like someone just hit. I don't know what the equivalent of Adobe After Effects would be like here, but they're like throwing every distortion filter where he's like bubbling. His wiggling. Eyes are going, wiggling. Yeah. He's like, you know, it's, this it's the deal. judge when he got hit by the steamroller. Yeah, he got hit. Yeah, exactly. He got yeah. hit with the tune juice. Healed himself up. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so and, and the, the first part to me was when he holds the medallion. Just like cartoon light beams come out of his hand. It's Just so good. Absolutely incredible. So we then cut to a karate tournament with the Brothers Lee. Uh, they're fighting Team Red, I guess because the other people have red hair. Seems very creative. 
Uh, Billy is the jokester of the duo. He's the younger brother and, uh, you know, wise cracking all lots of one liners. I didn't write down any of them. Good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, and Jimmy is the more serious, like you got to get it together, Billy. Anyway, they end up actually losing. Uh, and then Billy gets uh, a little bit mocked by the lead of team red. And then they start another fight the whole time in this scene. They're in this like underground blood sport fight pit deal. And there's just a guy cranking something. <laughs> yeah. It's the stabilizer for the building. Is that what it is? Yeah, because it's California, so everything's unstable. Okay. So they have all these braces. So there's this, I think he's a little person. Yeah. And he's just he's on. He's cranking. He's just, there's like a jack that he's just going. And I completely missed it. I was like, what is this guy doing? So all bedlam breaks loose. Uh, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a pure six brawl, as it were. The whole crowd starts going. And this guy is just dedicated to, he's just He's jacking. It. He's jacking it. He's jacking it hard and fast. And I guess that's to keep the roof from collapsing on everybody. Yeah, exactly. So that's good. Okay. All right. Cool. It's a fucking riot and it's great. Um, we cut to a news thing that for some reason, George Hamilton and Vanna White are newscasters uh, talking about Madonna getting divorced from Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. Yeah. You know what channel that was? Channel 69. Nice. That's right. Nice. Yeah, the sex number. And then we cut to Andy Dick for some reason. I think doing he's like the weatherman. A, he's the weatherman. Why? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't forgot think, he existed. I, I and I had happily forgotten yeah. that Andy Dick existed, and I was very rudely reminded of it. Um, I never found him funny. No. And I think he's an asshole, right? Pretty sure. I'm, I mean, he is. He seems like. But it. you know, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so basically, we're, we we then cut to Satori, who is uh, the adoptive. So I want to correct you on something. Yes, yes. You gave her credit for Walker, Texas Ranger, but not for the things that actually matter. Okay. She was Noreen in Sidekicks. Oh, shit. Ooh. Yeah. Filmed here in Houston. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, okay, the, uh, yeah. I saw that she was in some like other action movies. Also, the thing I actually remembered her from was this random one episode she was in of Kung Fu. The legend continues. Okay. She was a guest star. Yeah. There's lots of guest spots. I, I'm like, you know what I'm talking? I just think Walker, Texas Ranger is the funnier one because it went for a long time. And I always think of the Conan O'Brien Walker, Texas Ranger lever. That's that's me. But, uh, you know. My grandma liked that show, so I hated it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, it's a bad show. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's, that's why I did it. You know, that's, that's, that's the joke, Joe. Oh, I get jokes. Yeah. Uh, so they're driving through. So Satori, who is the adoptive mother figure slash person exactly as old as Billy and, and Jimmy. Sister mom. Uh, sister mom. There we go. Yeah. Sister mom, which is probably a kink, uh, is driving them home. Uh, they kind of pass through like a skid rowish area and we see... Uh, some some street tough types, and we learn that in New Angeles, uh, during the day, the cops rule the streets, but they have reached a treaty with the gangs to where at night, the cops leave and the, the gangs can run wild. So there is a curfew every night. And it's, uh, if you're on the streets at that point, and you're taking your life into your So it's hand. like that, the purge. It's like the purge, yeah, but like a... But cartoon the purge. And, and nightly, instead of just one day. And yeah, and it's cartoon. And, and maybe less murder. Yeah. I don't think... Do people die? People should die in this movie uh, based on like what happens to them. Uh, but everyone just instead learns martial arts. Uh, you do see some dude with some frog hands. We're going to they come back later. They have these like bubble fingers. Yeah, they look it's like tree frogs. Never explained. But I guess they're uh, one, just, yes. One of the, the mini gangs in New Angeles. Yeah, yeah you, well, you know, with game the game. mailman and the uh, when the mailman just jumps off at that one point. Yeah, he just he's going to attack somebody. So he just jumps off the side of a high rise. Bonds eyes. Him, yeah. You know, just like, let's go. Um, was that culturally insensitive? <laughs> anyway, no, because you used the wrong word. Oh, yeah, that's right. OK, good. I, I'm thinking the bonsai drop by Yokozuna. That's yep. what I'm thinking of. 
Which um, is also culturally insensitive. Yeah, because he was Samoan. Um, anyway, uh, so then we are introduced to, uh, I guess this would be our second villain from the games, if, if Linda Lash was one, uh, a, a Bobo. Bo, a Bobo. Bobo, 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 Bobo. Bo. Bo. Played by, I don't have his name here, and I'm very sorry. He, uh, it, it, uh, he was kind of a, a career inch heavy yeah. guy. Um, vaguely, uh, I, I wish I was to say vaguely, but uh, definitely Native American inspired. They have Mohawks, his gang. I yeah, they are the Mohawks. They are the Mohawks. And Bo, a Bo, 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 begins chasing after uh, the brothers Lee and Satori. Now, one thing about the Mohawks. Okay. So when I first rewatched it, I watched it on VHS. And it looked great. Okay. And then I watched it again to make notes, the Blu-ray. Uh-huh. And you can totally see the line oh, for yeah, where yeah. the Mohawk uh, the, the is glued on. Cap, okay. The skull cap but is on, painfully on, on tape, obvious. On tape, it looks so good. Yeah, that's, I mean, the magic of videotape. And because and it, it looks so bad. You know, 240p or whatever. You would oh, it's just enough as. P. Just <laughs> a perfectly normal amount of P. Uh, I, so I hear that's average P. That's a- Average P? Yeah. Average P. That's an average P. That's an average. I mean, he, you know, over the course of the world, that's the average. 1080 is a lot of P. Mm-hmm. So we get a we get kind of a Mad Max X double dragon scene where like a Bobo is driving this like killdozer kind of after them. Um, he's he's also having the time of his life. The guy that's playing a Bobo just really goofing it up, hamming it up. He's got his little shitty sidekick. He's like the witness me guy from, you know, Fury Road. Like, oh, yeah. He's that kind of dude. Um, dude from Weird Science, the show. Weird they, Science TV. Wait, that guy was on Weird Science? He was one of the main characters on the TV show Weird Science. Yeah. Oh, not wait. the actual oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, no. I, okay, we're talking about the guy in, the, in this movie. I thought we meant the guy who's the, the, hench, the, the dude in... in oh, no, not, not Beast. Oh, yeah, the guy who plays Hank McCoy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's like a really good actor. <laughs> anyway. No, he was not on the USA original Weird Science, Weird Science the TV, the TV show. show. Yeah, which I... I love Weird Science, the movie, and I think I like I it. I love the show. So uh, while they're driving, Bobo is looking at this, like, Dave and Buster's VR ass, like, map. Dude, did you? Wait, no, you, you lived on the northeast side. You lived on the south side. So neither of y'all probably went to Memorial City Mall. Oh, I absolutely went yeah. to Jungle Gym's Playland at Memorial City Mall. Do you absolutely. remember Exilorama? Yes, of course. They had those big drop-down VR yes, headsets. Yes, it looked just like that. That's what I'm talking yeah. it's that It's that 90s it so VR. Good. I, I mostly remember from Dave and Buster's, but, like, yeah, it's a huge headset that yep. weighed a thousand pounds, and like you'd get a neck workout, and but yeah, these like blocky, just green blocks. Yeah. yeah, and like that is what he is. Like, absolutely oh, I'm in a tank. On. I yeah. guess that's exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been told. So they, you know, through through some some good driving, and I guess they get this is where I totally miss this watching it. They shove cheese whiz yeah so their car is powered by trash so they they'd swerve off at one point and grab all that newspaper okay. from the side of the road but they're not going fast enough so they grab a can of cheese whiz uh-huh. and he's reading off the ingredients and it, he even reads off the like do not expose the heat part okay he's like this ought to work i'm stupid because <laughs> it's billy was that billy okay yeah. yeah of course throws it in there boom cheese. that is scott wolf's voice by the way an excellent <laughs> hey i'm a scott wolf <laughs> billy billy lee uh, okay, so they right? sh- they get a boot a nos boost uh, yeah. from the cheese whiz, yeah, which Fast then becomes style. a running joke, and I totally missed it. I was like, "Why the fuck is this car? Why is the engine full of cheese? cheese and the map or the the newspaper?" Anyway, oh yeah, the newspaper. So yeah, he reaches into the glove compartment, opens up a uh, a newspaper that is covered in melted cheese. I was completely lost at this point. Throws it out the window. A bobo can't see it. Smacks the windshield. Anyway, they get in a wreck. 
Uh, at this point, weird shot alert. They, for some reason, cut to the little dipshit henchman's mouth, just opening an O, like he's screaming like, oh no! And it's like this extreme close-up of his mouth for like one or two seconds. Then they get in a wreck. It was very, very weird. Very jaw wiggling too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, very cartoony. That's kind of the deal. Very nineties. So they crash. The brothers Lee and Satori get away, and they meet up at the uh, Power Core, I believe. Here, no, they are confronted. Yeah, they're confronted by, by Power the Core. leader of Power Core and the gang, Alyssa Milano. Who, I mean, in this thing, the short bleach blonde hair, love it, doing it for me, love it, doing it. I would risk it all for Alyssa Milano in this movie. Uh, she's great. She's a lot of fun. She's playing Marion, who is the girlfriend of Billy, who in the in the game gets punched in the stomach and you're trying to and killed in the sequel. She gets killed. Yeah, they up the stakes in Double Dragon 2. With, instead of the punch at the beginning, they just shoot her. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor Marion. They bring her back to life at the end. Oh, OK, so they get like a special stone or something. Kind of like a Ninja Gaiden kind of it's thing. It's Double Dragon. Or... I never made it to the end. I just know. That's true. Yeah, I got. Past like two levels, yep. and then it gets it like, really uh, hard. Now there's five of Bobos. Yeah, they're just throwing a bo- 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 Bobos at you, and you're just you're dead. So um, basically, they they meet that uh, she's a little you know kind of a tough. Turns out she's the daughter of the police chief of New Ange- of New Angeles, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So she's kind of like doing this. Uh, she's keeping the you know she's taking it to the streets at night, basically, and he's like the daytime guy, uh, but he does not know about her her secret. My life. favorite part about the whole secret part. Is the bleached wig or the bleached hair is the real hair. And then she puts on her Marion wig when she gets home. Yes. I have commentary about the Marion wig and we'll get to that. So we, we cut then to a, a Bobo having failed on his mission, uh, goes back to Victor Geisman and they're like, you failed. Uh, we're going to do something with you. And they open up a dentist chair <laughs> And a Bobo freaks out. <laughs> He's like, the chair is not, I mean, it opens up in kind of an ominous way, but it's just a fucking yeah, it chair. It opens like a pod. Yeah, but it's just a dentist chair. And he's like, ah, he just completely loses his mind. I guess he does not like the dentist. Maybe he watched Super Mario Brothers and thought they were going to de-evolve him. And they, I mean, they kind of do. He yeah. actually gets, uh, he gets the freak slurpee, which he gets later. thick. He gets, he gets thick. He got his freak. He freaked on it. Yeah. Um, we then cut to uh, Milano in her Marion wig. <laughs> Uh, having breakfast with her dad, I said, uh, throws on a wig and the newest pajamas from the nurse practitioner catalog. Like she just looked like a very nice lady. Who's going to take your blood pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of charming. She looked way older with the wig on. Like she, it aged her like 10 years. She didn't have a cool ass jacket. Yeah, exactly. One of my notes was that's a cool jacket. Cause I'm very detailed. (laughs) Then that's the kind of hard hitting commentary you come to video city. for. You know, I'm a film major. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. That's not true. <laughs> okay. Uh, we get to then. This is when Victor Geisman, uh, his plan fully in action. He now knows. Uh, he learns that the the brothers Lee have the other half of the double dragon medallion, or at least uh, at the, uh, Satori does. Not the brothers Lee at this point. Uh, he goes to this underground uh, blood sport pit, I believe that's here, and he says that he is a uh, now Kogashuko. I think this is... Oh, it's a meeting of all the gangs? Is that here or is that a little later? He, this is where he first mentions that he's Kogashuko. I think it's before the theater. Okay. So that happens. Um, yeah, no, this is when he first confronts uh, Lee and the Lee brothers and Satori. I think he announces himself as Kogashuko. He knows Satori from the past, and we don't exactly know how yet. Uh, yeah, that's at the Lee brothers' uh, theater headquarters. That's it, yes. So they make it back to their headquarters, but Kogashuko is hot on their trail, uh, they have a showdown. Uh, and what's funny about about Geisman is that really for most of this movie, 
he like sucks at karate. <laughs> like they just like punch him once. Like he's like, all right, get him. And then Satori just comes up and knees him in the gut and like kind of he like, drops forearm checks. He's like, oh, get him. <laughs> he just is immediately fucking owned by this like tiny woman. Uh, she but does a she does a he, dive. He never drops a cigarette the entire time. He does not because he has like the holder. Yes, which oh, is a like Cruella Deville esque. He's prime, got it in the lips. Prime asshole. Yeah. I actually had a cigarette holder. Yeah, me too. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, we were well, we used to be pieces of shit. That's you know? true. Uh so Bonafide. Satori at one point does a fucking dive kick, which is just the most video game ass thing. Like like the the jumping side kick where <gasps> one leg is extended. Yeah. Like she and you do that in Double Dragon. Oh yeah. She hits the shit out of him with that thing and sends him flying. Uh it ruled. But then he 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 takes the 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 dragon medallion. He again turns into a fucking tune. Uh to get away, he turns into a shadow. And just kind of like slinks away on the floor. And like, it is Roger Rabbit as hell. Like, it's so cartoony looking. Um, and then, yeah, uh, then we get new, uh, a, a Bobo comes in, this new uh, Bane fucking roided up version. But I, I wanted to make this very one note here. As Shadow Geisman is going away, he trills his fingers along the piano keys. <laughs> like in a completely unnecessary gag. Where it's like, bring, like, I think he's going downward on it. So, but maybe they play it upward. Who the fuck knows? But he just runs his fingers along his shadow fingers, which I guess are still somehow corporeal, over piano keys for a fucking sight, like sound slash sight gag, completely unnecessary. This movie rules. Uh, it, I've been talking way too much. Talk about what's going on so far. Well, this is uh, the, the good theater fight scene is where we find a notorious, uh, infamous henchman, Al Leong. Yes. Who is the henchman of all henchmen. They even had, he had a docu documentary called Henchman, the Al Leong st story. Because he's just, if you think of, of, a, of a henchman in any kind of martial arting movie, that guy's in it. So much so that they made a documentary about him and about how he's in all the movies is the, the henchman. We did find out that the easiest way to then subdue a henchman is to trap his ponytail in a briefcase. Was that in this fight? Yeah, yeah that was in this, this fight. fight. Hell yeah. That'll get him every time. Um, then he's got to carry it around. They, so, didn't, they didn't lock it or anything. He just forgot to... Uh, I also love their spray-painted logos on the backs of their heads. Do, do we know if the other... Because there's another henchman who's kind of too. a similar look. Is he a famous uh, martial arts henchman? Um, I'm sure he's been in a lot. The one right now on the gumballs is not Al Leong. That is, uh, he's not the henchman though. He's not, right. he's not the guy. He's not the, he's guy. easily dispatched. There's Leong. We are watching it at this point, by the way. Now, my favorite thing about this whole scene is the fact that they basically kill Satori. Yeah. They oh, you're break the brothers lead. Yeah. They break the gas line. Mm -hmm. They lock her in the cage and everything they do is just horrible. And they're terrible people. If, if this is your headquarters, how do you have a cage? that you don't have the key to. Is that like the, the sign on the door? Like, don't close this door. It's going to lock. Well, then take the lock out. That's well, a no, very we good just, point. We just live here. We didn't, I also we, like how she, when she does the dive kick, he flies through these convenient, this convenient brick paper set piece, then pops out of it. Uh, his long, uh, his trench coat slash long jacket. I don't know. I think it's a trench coat. Looks amazing. Uh, yeah, he, he does the, he does the gimmick with the medallion. His eyes glow. And then he turns into a tune and it rules. Um, so Satori, yeah, she, she gets locked in a cage. Uh, basically, there's a gas leak. The place is going to blow. Uh, Victor Geisman begins to make his uh, hasty retreat. And what happens is Satori decides to sacrifice herself. She 
She gives the Lee brothers the other half of the medallion. Uh, Billy has it at this point. And she's like, no, go. I'll, I'll distract him. So she gets and now immediately owned. Burned to death. Yeah. She gets karate chopped, but they do a cutaway where like Geisman walks up to her and he like raises his hand. They cut outside. It comes out and she's just slumping. So I, I assume she got karate chopped to death, but she's not quite dead. She, he, you know, shadow sneaks out the door and then she just gets exploded. Which I, I feel like I should clarify the reason they lock her in there, since we didn't mention it, is because Shadow Geisman does inhabit her body and fight uh, them. Yes, that's correct. I, th- that is very important. One of the actually defined powers that the Double Dragon Medallion gives is that he can possess you unless you are wearing the other half of the medallion, which makes you immune to his, his powers. Uh, I also think it's funny that a Bobo comes in in his roided up form. He is immediately wrecked and yeah. taken out of the equation. And all they had to do was knock him off stage into some nets. Which is, I think, a reference to when you first fight a Bobo on the conveyor belt. Ah. You, know, you can knock him down. Like it, it can be like a really quick fight. You just kick him until he falls and he just goes in the conveyor belt. Uh, maybe. I would, I, I'm giving them credit. I don't maybe. think anyone involved with this played the game. Probably not. No. I mean, other than, you know, I guess the people that named them. They probably just got like a little, you know. They got the call sheet. Yeah, exactly. So after this, uh, rest in peace to Satori, uh, died too young, even younger than the brothers Lee. Um, we cut back to uh, Marion's brother who is playing uh, a game that looks like what Superman 64 should have been because he's oh, just geez. flying through the air in a city and is like losing his fucking mind about it. Um, that's basically it. Uh, we, this, this is when we cut to the blood sport pit uh, where Victor, uh, Victor Geisman uh, states his intent to become the gang leader of all of New Angeles. Uh, the guy who is standing in the middle of the pit uh, I think he's straight edge. He has X's drawn on. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, Michael Barry, Michael Berryman, notorious, uh, bald everywhere, man. There we go. I, he's definitely one of those guys. I'm like, I know that guy. I've seen that face. I couldn't remember what his name was or what he'd been in, but I'm assuming just a lifelong great character actor. He's just, he's constantly had no hair and looked 150 years old. Okay. He's like 35 here. Pro- yeah. yeah I something so. like that. I, so he, he could just be, he could be an ancient. Oh, he was in know. the Hills have eyes too. Yeah. That seems abs. the original. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the old one. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. old one, the seventies one. Um, so 80s. Victor, you know, he's like, I'm going to be your leader now. I'm uniting all the gangs. I am uh Kogashuko. Uh, no one laughs at him in his stupid fucking outfit, but they do seem doubtful. Have you seen uh, their outfits? That's a fair yeah, they point. Get wiggle their frog fingers. At they wiggle their frog fingers and flip their Mohawks. I don't know what the hell they do. Uh, but then to, to assert dominance, he becomes a shadow cartoon guy again and then does a stop choking yourself to the guy in the middle of it. And this guy, I have to give him credit for having to act this out. This has to be one of those things when you're a fucking actor and they're like, we're going to make you choke yourself. And that's how your character dies. I need you to do this for like 45 minutes because <laughs> it takes way too long. And he is like, and he just keeps going. So everyone's just looking at this guy. There's a shadow in the background where you can see that, you know, uh, Shuko is making him do it. But it's just this guy holding his own throat and dying. And it takes like way too long. Way too long. He finally dies. Shuko comes up. And I guess all you need is like one death. And then they're like, yeah, fuck it. I guess he's the leader now. We ride or die for fucking Koga Shuko, you know? I mean, he can shadow kill you. That's true. I would not want to fuck with that. Um, so then any, any, any comments on this scene? 
Uh, you do get to you get the first look at all the the multiple gangs of New Angeles, the United Gang, right? So you, this is where you see the postman and the uh, the frog finger folk, and then the guys who dress like they're in Belle Bib de Beau. <laughs> um, There's a reference. You uh. So my question is: Do you think that the do you think the postman were actual postmen before it was they, the 90s right people were going post going post is that you think that's what it was oh yeah definitely like, these are all just actual like uh you know uh what's the word i'm looking for um this disgruntled disgruntled thank you postal workers that are just like yeah fuck it we're a gang now this just reminds me if i was trying to describe someone that opening scene from the warriors yeah it's 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 warriors ass it's warriors on with like neon spray paint right yeah it's it's like we have warriors at home. Dayglow warriors. <laughs> Dayglow warriors. Uh, so the they're into it. Down. I also like these people that are in there that are just wearing suits. Yeah, they look nice. Like the, the businessmen. Yeah, there's, gang. That, that, there's that dad in jeans. Yeah, there's just a guy. He's like, yeah, I was I got lost on the way to my son's uh, softball or baseball game. Let's go. Uh, he'll, he'll he'll ride or die now. So we we cut from this uh, and and united now by Kogashuko, uh, the gangs of New Angeles begin to chase after the brothers Lee who had some trouble in their engine because it got all cheesed up, uh, a common occurrence. Uh, As engines are wont to yeah. do. Who among us has not had their engine get all and this cheesed is, up? That, that was a real nice scene where uh, Billy's sitting there lamenting the loss of Satori, mm-hmm. and Jimmy very warmly comes over and he goes, get over it. Yeah. Basically, get over it, loser. Yeah, she's <laughs> been dead for about five minutes. Grabs his fishing kit and just chucks it into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. All, all your nice you know, memories of, of your old friend just, shit out of here get out of here we're fucking karate guys we got to move the fuck on they, i mean this is like they time it like a nintendo cutscene. you've got like 20 seconds to grieve yep. we're on to the next level sis mom's dead get over it yeah exactly um so then they begin walking next to the hollywood river uh and they are they they find oh god that haircut i guess an encampment of like where the the gangs are all kind of together we also have a clown gang it looks like there in the background uh just pennywise just fucking standing there like in the back right don't start with that um so they the nightmares they start pursuing the brothers lee um this is just kind of a standard is a fight scene the lee brothers do karate now this is the great fight scene where the mailman jumps off the top of the silo Misses them by a ton and just dies. He just eats shit completely. <laughs> yeah. Breaks every bone in his body. And I believe Billy says, wow, I've never seen a postman move that fast before. Yep. Zing got him. Zing got his ass. Burned him real good. Wrecked, rest in internally. Piss. Yeah, just done. Uh, there is a point where they go into like a, a shed uh, with a door and they're kind of like, you know, the, the ruffians are at the door. And Billy, I believe it's Billy, uh, takes a just a long steel pole and the, the little dipshit with the mohawk, the, yeah. the, the, the weird science kid, he's like looking in like, we're going to get you. And he just shoves like hard, <laughs> sticks this pole through and just gets this kid's eye. And I was like, he pulls back and he's just like, oh gosh. And his eyes like a little red. I was like, that would have fucking killed this kid. Like <laughs> he did it with such force. It would have just immediately popped his eye like the mountain style and just like gone straight into his brain. I like it that he then starts crying and then goes to turn around and hug a fellow gang member yeah. to console him because he got poked in the eye. Yeah, you know, hey, I think it's gang it's, members are people. They're people. They have feelings. Yeah. I think it's important to they understand this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they basically they do get away uh, onto a boat and this begins a boat chase through uh, flooded Hollywood, through flooded Hollywood, which is actually a river. Apparently it's the in, Cuyahoga River in, in Ohio. Yep. And uh, Joe, do you want to? Did you find out the fun story about this chase? Yes, I did. Please tell us about it. So they gave a brief notice to the people in the city that this was going to happen, but 
They used 700 gallons of gasoline for the explosion in this. And I think within the first 10 minutes after they blew it up, there was 210 phone calls to emergency services about it. <laughs> People completely losing their, their fucking Their city mind. was fucking blowing up. Yeah, this is, and this is a, a pre-9-11 uh, America. You know, like, then it's like, some people in Ohio would always be scared about like, you remember that like post 9-11, it's like your dumb shit little like suburb. Everyone's worried about the terror threats that are going to happen. But like, this is like your fucking bridge just blew up and you're in this like nice, quiet Ohio town city. I don't know where the hell this place is. And it's just like 200 or 700 gallons of fucking gasoline explode. I would be scared shitless. And I do like, I do like the boats in here. So the, whatever boat they have, and I never figured it, it's like a jet ski boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It holds two people, but those are definitely like GT fucking bike handlebars that he's using to steer oh, yeah. this boat with. And, and then they, the jet skis, the henchmen are on have rocket launchers attached to them. Yeah. Well, of course as you do. Why not? Uh, the Hollywood river tour is going on here, which is kind of a big pop that this whole time they're, they're even in this shitty post APOC thing. They're still just like middle aged Midwesterners coming on vacation to be like, Oh, look at that. That's the house. Which where is Desi ironic because it's actually Bond. in Ohio. Right. So, yeah, they're probably confused. A, first off, this is in the Hollywood River. What the hell is this boat? Also, are these people terrorists because they blew up our bridge? These Hollywood liberals coming into our town. Uh, so they're, they're trying to, you know, and, and the tour guide is like, he's trying his best. While this, all this fire is going on, henchmen are shooting rockets, bridges are blowing up. This guy's still like, and to your left, you'll see the famous man's Chinese theater. Uh, so... Props to that guy for, like, really being dedicated to his job. Uh, oh, the river water. The river water. Yes. Can't, can't drink it. Can't drink it. You get diarrhea. You get diarrhea for a week. That is the uh, another movie we're watching. Also makes note about bad river water. Can't drink the river water. Another common, again, getting back to pollution being a big theme of uh, 90s movies. Uh, the Brothers Lee are blown up, but they survive. They get off the boat, but they think they, think they got them. And they're like, well, we're going to fish the river to find the other half of this medallion because these guys are definitely dead. They're not. They still have the medallion. Uh, and they go about their thing. Now, almost dying and getting exploded, their first thought is not like, let's get the fuck out of New Angeles. They're like, well, now we got to go kill Kokoshuko. Like, oh, we gotta, yeah, of course. We got to go to the next level. It's this video game protagonist of mine where like, you never actually think about what's best for your self-preservation. You must simply do the thing, you yeah. know? Uh, so they go forward. You can only walk right. And so after this, we cut... Uh, to a news report, uh, there, there's talk that Kogashuko is going to make a deal with the police uh, about uh, changing the truce that has been uh, reached between the police and the gangs. Uh, Kogashuko is like, yeah, let's go get that thing. Let's go get that other half of that medallion. Uh, the brothers Lee escape, and they go, hey, we got to go talk to Marion. We, gotta, we can't do this alone. We need the help of Power Corps. We need tall boots and short shorts. We need tall boots, short shorts, and bleach blonde hair. And uh, we cut to, I didn't understand. At first, I thought she was just being nice to a Bobo. But I'm like, she's like force feeding him. Canned spinach. Canned spinach. And I guess this is her form of torture. Yeah, it's like, it's like foie gras style. She's just jamming it in there. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like the have all the donuts in the world. Like it's that simple, like just force feeding him spinach. It's, I don't know why spinach. It's a beer bong, but full of spinach. Yeah. First off, it would immediately clog in the tiny little tubes she has connected to his mouth. Definitely. Uh, it's too, you know, clumpy. Uh, here we get uh, a running theme. 90s people love farts because uh, the spinach does give a Bobo comical gas. Spinach farts. Yeah, spinach farts. He does a couple of those. He's just, he's fucking had it. 
But she's trying to get, uh, I thought she was not, I, I first thought she was trying to be motherly to him. No, she's torturing. Yeah, she's yeah, trying to get information. She, she's Guantanamo banging his ass with, with spinach and uh, trying to get some info she out of him. She is spinach boarding him. He, she was nice enough to give him a bib, though. Yeah, a nice little cow bib. He's a, he's a messy boy, and he needs uh, to get, you know, get cleaned up quickly. <laughs> oh, bo-bo-bo-bo. Oh, bo-bo-bo-bo. His, I, I am still wondering if the things on the side of his head are supposed to be just hyperinflated trap muscles they look like a travel pillow yeah (laughs) a bobo will be fine on the plane i want to know about his forehead lumps yeah he's got three looks like like pre-horn growths i don't know what's going on he looks like shit uh he looks like he should be in another movie we're watching uh but we'll get to that later so uh we cut away the brothers lee uh again they go to the power core which is called that because it's in a power plant right yeah that's why they call themselves that now, this is where I started watching the movie the first time. And this is where the movie actually gets fun. Yeah, this the, is where it picks up. Yeah, this is the lead. They have a... Yeah, uh, this, this is a great 30-minute movie. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, like, I, I watched it pretty quick. Uh, you know, it was um, one, one and a half speed. Uh, I thought that it made the pace frenetic and fun. Uh, but, yeah, this is definitely the part where it gets good. Um, they have a Nickelodeon slime-ass river uh, going through the middle of it. It's just ooze, like or like gack or whatever the hell it was called. Just slime, I just guess. Just slime. Yeah. Um, so they do that. Uh, this is where the 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 end. Like this is the end of the movie. Like they, it's kind of the the big confrontation. Well, not here first. Actually, they do try to infiltrate the headquarters first. But this oh, is yeah, the first yeah. shot we get of the power. They plant. do. And when they when they do try, this is where they come up with the plan to say, "Hey, we're going to try to go get the other, steal the other half of the the double dragon." Because that always goes well. And my, it's a stupid plot hole. But for me. They, the way they decide, oh, we're going to we're gonna basically going to bombard the building and overwhelm security. Well, if it's 1994, I'll tell you what two groups aren't hanging out with. You can have all the gangs together you want. But skateboarders ain't hanging out with kids on rollerblades. Mm-hmm. Um, they one group notoriously made fun of the other. Yeah, um, it's true. I mean, inline skaters, is still, it's still lame. You can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see him occasionally, but it's they like they kicked him out of the X Games because it sucks so bad. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you're dorks. Get out of here. <laughs> that rules. Uh, so um, they go to the headquarters. Uh, they infiltrate through a fucking grate. They just go right into the uh, into the AC vents. I think uh, Marion has some kind of her power core pin. Yeah, guide thing to like get him through there. So they now this building at least uh uh kuga's office or kuga's office is obviously very high in the air we missed the whole how did they get fucking 30 floors 50 floors up climbing through vents i also like that they were going to overwhelm security and that turned into sneak in vents yeah like there's three of us uh this is a huge fucking building we'll die instantly uh so we'll just sneak through vents and somehow traverse like 80 floors vent elevator um so this they they see that the wait the, didn't double dragon have an elevator level oh, or was, sure. was that just every other arcade game i know turtles in time had one yep uh i think the simpsons konami game did every streets of rage game had him i you got to like i, I want to think right? at least the battletoads and double dragons had an elevator oh, that was so, so good. like I an would. industrial lift yeah yeah, yeah exactly no yeah. Walls, they, they, just raising platform, platform yeah, yeah. And then you just have the people like jump in like, ah, and just wave after wave and yep. keep those quarters going. Cause you're going to get fucked up. Uh, so they, the kids do see this meeting between, uh, the Marion's dad, the police officer and Kog- Koga Shuko. Am I saying it right? I keep, it's close enough. Just yeah, say, whatever. You can just say Shuko. Yeah, just call Shuko. him T1000. Yeah. T1000. <laughs> uh, so 
geniusly. Like, what are they? What are they gonna do? They do this dumb shit fishing, like with a fishing line and like a. What are they even trying to hook it with? Like a key? It's a ring? power core pin. Like, like you would pin on your shirt. Oh, okay. Like a little enamel pin. Yeah, yeah. there's like, okay, so it's a little guy there, the little mascot. So they see that Kogashuko has left the other half of the Double Dragon Medallion on his desk open in its beautiful case uh, that I'm sure you could order off like Etsy now if you want to do it. Uh, so they're trying to fish it. They're trying to hook it, you know, hook the little necklace part of it and fish it. And what I love about this is this looks dumb as hell. And you're like, surely someone would notice this. And Lit- Linda Lit- Lash does eventually eventually i mean it takes eventually. a bit but, i mean the minute she kind of looks in that direction kogashuko is like doing his like ah whatever he's like not paying attention cop dad is like uh you know i need more money from the city government or whatever uh, cops talk about and then like she gets it she clocks it immediately she knows what's going on she doesn't say anything uh they pull the the thing up they know they're about to get made but they already are so linda not going for her trademark whip, uh, instead goes and gets a, a giant spear. There's a name for these things, and I don't remember what they are, but it's that kind of like, eh, I guess you would see it in like a lot of Shogun stuff. It's like the long pole, yeah, with the pole arm with the kind of with the curved blade broad on the knife on the blade. end. Yeah. yeah. She gets one of these, and this is what I had mentioned earlier, uh, or maybe this was before we started taping. She shoves this shit up in the grate, and this looks like a metal grate, okay? This looks like it's a solid steel, thick air vent. She just cuts through it like butter and almost murders these children. Let's be real with what she's doing here. She was going to kill kids, including the cop's daughter, although maybe she... Do, do we know how old these kids are? That's, I've always been curious. How old are they supposed to be? <laughs> um, I, we, we do know that Alyssa Milano is living at home with her dad. Right. But are these supposed to be like, this is my summer after senior year? Or are these supposed to be in their... It's so hard to tell in 90s things because they had like 35-year-olds. Yeah, playing, they, they, like these people were older than we are now. Yeah, playing... 16 year olds but I, I take it as like maybe billy is like junior in high school oh really yeah and maybe like jimmy's a little older like maybe he's like you know first second year of college maybe i have no clue uh yeah they're just they're young they're just vague people they're just vague <laughs> youths you know karate youths i guess there is no school is school ever even talked about in this no it's no. summertime oh it's summertime yeah. oh and it's the future yeah, and schools don't exist anymore. Yeah, they, the school stopped after the big quake. Yeah, yeah. this okay. is 2007. Get with the times. There we go. So uh, there's, a, there's a brief showdown um, with uh, Shuko. He's absolutely going to kill the, uh, the cop's daughter, like, in front of him. Um, but, you know, Marion kind of freaks him with the okey-doke, like, kind of, like, jukes him a little bit, and just <laughs> they all jump down uh, a convenient elevator shaft sure. like, with a rope in it uh, to escape. They end up in a sub- Sub-level, I don't know exactly how far they go down. By the way, the rope burn. Hey, she has gloves. She does have gloves. But she's got short shorts. She's got short shorts. Those thighs are getting fucked up. (laughs) Um, But if you look at the scene where they're going down. Oh, that's a long shaft. The velocity. I think at some point, just velocity would take over and you would absolutely break every bone in your body uh, when you hit it. Because again, this is a very tall building. This is a skyscraper. And they seem to kind of go into this like subterranean level where they find a bunch of I think, are these gang members? They, they just seem to be dead bodies in a lab. Yeah. Because uh, one of them is just a basketball player. Right. Doesn't seem to be affiliated with any gang. Yeah. I, at first, didn't understand. So I, I guess what's happening here is that Kogashuko is keeping bodies that he can possess, maybe, underground. But he's also modifying some of them because some of them have some weird... Yeah, like, like metal plates. Metal and- plates and shit going on. 
uh, but they do find them. They're in suspended animation, they say. Uh, and then one of them, yeah, a basketball player. Yeah, a basketball zombie guy. Yeah, a, a weird basketball zombie player of uh, the New Angeles Ninjas, no longer the Lakers. Uh, I guess that they changed that with the quake. Well, it was probably no lakes. They're, I mean, it was, they were the Minnesota Lakers, right? That's where it started. There aren't any lakes, I don't believe, in L.A. as it is. And they need to get some lakes. They, need to, they probably, I mean, they have probably like a man-made lake or maybe some reservoirs. Uh, but I believe it, I believe catchy. the LA Lakers began as a Minnesota basketball team. Then they moved to Los Angeles where there are no lakes. Exactly. Right. But they kept the name for some reason. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the New Angeles ninja uh, gets his ass beat, but he is possessed by Kogashuko. Uh, at first, because he goes like, ah, did you miss me or something like that? They, they square off, including Marion, who we have no understanding of her being like a kung fu fighter. But I guess she's ready to whip ass, too, if she needs to. Um, I thought this was someone who I missed earlier in the fight. Like, I didn't recognize that that was Robert Patrick's voice. <laughs> so I was like, who the hell is this guy? Again, this is the, the risk you take when you were watching it very quickly. So he becomes uh, this embossed version of himself with the, uh, with the, the double dragon medallion again. He, he's, you know, fucking with him with his magic powers. They turn on a fan that he gets sucked into. I don't understand how a fan sucks in a shadow. Yeah, I, I, that was sus. Yeah. So he has shadow, shadow power and can control all these things, but he's still apparently like he's incorporated. Right? I guess he's well, made of Maybe air. not if he can play the piano. That's true. It's fucking inconsistent, and it drove me insane. So he gets sucked in like the, like the Nazi in the fucking Indiana Jones movie into the jet turbine. Like he gets sucked in there. Uh, that was that movie, right? And then they're like, I guess, is that it? Yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, we did it. If they now know this, when they go back to Power Core, why not just buy a bunch of box fans and turn <laughs> them on and come Kogashuko comes <laughs> in? Ruined. Well, well, we'll get to how... Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the other... We'll get to that. <laughs> the other sense that is bad for him. The, so then the fan starts turning again. So first it shuts down, like, you know, it blows the fan. It shreds up his little shadow. Then it starts turning. I'm like, did he possess the fucking fan? And that's not what happened. <laughs> thank goodness. It just, I guess, starts going again and he kind of comes back in. I guess he removed his shadow bits from the engine. And then they get uh, attacked by like, I don't know, like we have Juggernaut at home, kind of this guy with like a steel head. Is this another villain from the game that I just don't remember? This not bullet that head I remember. Guy? Yeah, looking like a piece of shit. He looks like a Ninja Turtles villain. He does. Yeah, he kind of looks like a, whatever the robot turtle's name was. Yeah. He kind of looks like he, he kind of has his energy going on. Uh, so they managed to the, Billy and Marion managed to escape. But uh, but Jimmy is bear hugged by the cut rate uh, Ninja Turtle villain and missing his dead father. He succumbs to the hold. He has not had <laughs> close physical contact with another uh, older male figure. And he immediately uh, falls into his embrace. And Jimmy is it, captured. It looks like a good hug. It, it, I mean, it, yeah, it's. It's a pro wrestling ass bear hug. It doesn't work in pro wrestling. It doesn't work in Double Dragon, the movie. But for some reason, uh, he goes out. So, so that's what happens. So then we go uh, to the news program, Channel 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, is reporting. Uh, I don't remember what they report. It's basically all out gang warfare, I believe. Uh, maybe they're breaking the truce. The cops here, uh, <laughs> kudos to Double Dragon. Uh, for showing the truth, which is that cops are inherently weak, cowardly creatures. Uh, as the, the chief is like, let's go take the streets back. And they're like, oh, no, no, we're good. No, that's nighttime shit. Yeah. We, we work the daytime. Yeah. First off, they would absolutely jump at the chance to get overtime. But second, 
Uh, yeah, they're just like, uh, no, fuck that. Uh, we'll lose and get our asses beat, and we don't want to do it. Yeah, there's a lot more than one of them, so we're not going. Yeah, so uh, they're dumb. Uh, and, but they're, I mean, really, good self-preservation on the part of the cops. Uh, at least you got to give them that. You do, in fact, got to at least slightly hand it to them. So uh, Chief Cop, Chief Dad, is, uh, he's, he's feeling bad about uh, the force. He's like, how am I going to beat this guy? My daughter's out there. She's doing what we should be doing. Uh, and we cut back to Koga. He is smoking, I think, cloves, right? It's gotta be. Gotta be. Like, Definitely cloves. That is, the, that is the icing on the fucking cake about what an asshole this guy is. <laughs> like, he is smoking cloves. What is this, like, Jerry and Blacks or whatever? Yeah, out of a fucking cigarette holder with his vanilla ice-ass haircut, his terrible goatee. This is like sweet, creamy. Is that, it's not a turtleneck. Is that ghee that he's wearing underneath his coat? It's like, yeah, it's like a sash kind of deal. Like maybe I, know, I can't tell if it's supposed to be like karate ghee. His, like a, his, really big ascot. his fit is incredible. His fit is uh, his drip is impeccable. Yeah. Chin down Chin looks down. great. Yeah. The top is just a fucking stands the test of horrible. Time. No, it's, it's dad got into vanilla ice. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. It's like divorcee dad of 1994 who got, who got really into that. You know, I don't really like all this hip hop music, but that vanilla ice guy, I can relate to him for that, some reason. That ninja rap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is go ninja go like made flesh. Uh, so have a final showdown. Uh, Billy and Marion back at uh, power core headquarters. Uh, you know, they have a little bit of a pep talk. Marion's cheering him up. They, they have an almost kiss, uh, but it doesn't work because power core is being invaded and uh, by the gangs. Uh, there's the little Nickelodeon slime river that a few people get tossed into. I assume their skin immediately dissolves and they die. It has to. Yeah, because we yeah, never see him again. What, what else would you want to have at your headquarters where you party and have a good time is a, not a death river. Yeah, like yeah. it runs through the middle. Zero guardrails, yeah. a fucking OSHA, just OSHA violations all over the fucking place. <laughs> Why is it this green? We saw the Hollywood River earlier. It's not like Boston on St. Patrick's Day well, green. Maybe this is like runoff from the power plant. Okay, maybe so. Uh, it's, I don't is think it a which, nuclear? I don't think they put this much Which the power it. plant yeah. doesn't seem to run real well since they're constantly relying on the generator right, yeah. to get the building back up and going. Yeah, maybe it's like a decommissioned one and it was like, well, we got all this goop in here. I guess we're going to keep the goop river. I mean, you don't want to lose the goop. Yeah. <laughs> Look, <people laughs> it ties pay, the room together. They would pay good money for this. It does work with the color with the color code or the color uh, scheme of the of the whole whole deal. Yeah, the color blocking is impeccable with that slime. I, I do like how this is like the set of Roundhouse from Snick, you know, like just all <laughs> The, all the fucking uh, tags everywhere. Like it, this is also incredibly fucking nineties. Just to look at this oh, place. It's just like the the hideout for the Foot Clan in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Absolutely. They like yeah. yeah it's all this shit. And it's perfect. I wanted to hang out there. Yeah. Oh, I want to hang out here. I want to hang out with the power with the power. Not group. with a Bobo. A Bobo is looking in the mirror, having some self reflection. I don't think he wants to be a villain no more. Yeah, I just he, don't think he, he wants he to saw be all the, loaded. The pretty lady in the swimsuit, mm -hmm. and then he looked up and saw his demon face in the mirror. He was, oh, oh. And he realized he's never going to pull ass anymore. Yeah. And then the single tear. And then the single. And the weird yodel. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Again, it's probably because he realized he can't touch his wiener either. So he's yeah. just done for life. Like it's yeah. over. It's he's that it's that it's that realization, that shocking realization. When you get too buff, you're like, yeah, it's that Brian Cage can't wipe his ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so or touch his shoulders. Um, oh, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, loser. So now we get the we get the show down here. Uh, Kogashuko. We, we see Jimmy Lee show up, and at first, Billy is like, big bro, let's go. And then he kicks him in the fucking face. Jimmy kicks Billy, that is. About time. Because it's not Jimmy. It's Kogashuko possessing Jimmy. He calls Jimmy, uh, what does he call him? Dragonfly. Dragonfly. And he's like, don't call me. That was a thing earlier in the movie. It doesn't fucking matter. It's <laughs> totally stupid, but here's the callback to it. 
Uh, so the brothers Lee begin to fight. Uh, but the thing is now, you know, Billy has that other uh, medallion. So the powers of Kokushuko are of no effect on young Billy. Uh, great shot, of course. Uh, they, there is a double dragon arcade machine, which is really just reality fucking collapsing on itself in this sense. The only, the only arcade machine that actually has a title on it, everything else is tagged over yep. and it's just blank machines. But so the, yeah, you got to pepper in it a little bit. Got to have it. And they immediately kick through the screen, which like, is that asserting dominance over the I double I can just dragon? see the director being like, oh shit, this is a game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, they kick straight through it. Uh, double dragon by Taito. Uh, I bet that, that cabinet would probably go for a, a pretty penny nowadays. Um, not this one specifically because it's broken because he kicked through it, but, uh, you know, just an original arcade cabinet. So they fight through this little arcade. It's lovely because get it. It was an arcade game. Ha ha. It's a video game. Remember? Uh, so then they have this little showdown. Uh, they try to Koga threatens to kill the body of Jimmy unless Billy turns over the other half of the medallion. Billy is like, fuck my brother. No, I won't do that. And then they're going to drop a heavy bag on it. Yeah. Uh, Billy pushes his brother uh, or his brother's body out of the way and takes the brunt of it. He's like, fine. <laughs> Wait, that's the power of his medallion. That's the, okay. So his medallion, his medallion yeah. is the power over the body and the other uh, one's the power over the soul. Oh, okay. That's probably another thing that I totally missed. So thank you for making this make more sense. But unfortunately, uh, Koga does get the full medallion and yeah, I was expecting something really awesome to happen. Yeah, it doesn't. No, he, like, he turns into two bad guys from Buffy. Yeah, so he becomes... Uh, <laughs> what, what I put was he becomes... Uh, a cr- he becomes a... Um, like an orc. It's like Peter Jackson's orcs, but ninjas. Low-budget orc ninjas. Also, I really want to go back here because I, I missed something very, very important. Earlier, Linda Lash also comes in and starts whipping ass. Yeah, she unintended. brings the whip. Unintended. Yep. So we're, ah, there's the moment. Remember the whip lady from the games? Here she is, folks, in Glorious 3D. So she starts fighting with Marion. And at one point, I think she gets the best of her. She walks up and she goes, now who's the boss? And I popped. I popped huge. <laughs> and I, at this point, I was texting all of you. I was live, live watching it in our group text. And I said, she should say something like, I'll send you, you know, Alyssa Milano should be like, I'll send you to the general hospital. Because the woman who played uh, Linda Lash... Basically, her only other noteworthy credit is 35 fucking years on the soap opera General Hospital. Oh, geez. Uh, it, at minimum. That's just, I think, when I last saw the, the Wikipedia had been updated. So Life who knows? Sentence. I think it was 84 is when she started. So, Holy moly. Okay. Um, whether she's still on it now, I don't know. But she did at least 35 years on it. And so, but what happens is then Marion, who uh, also can fight. Everyone knows karate, of course. She gets the best and she goes, you're lucky. I generally send people to the hospital. And I was hooting and hollering. <laughs> I threw my fucking headphones off and I said, 10 out of 10, baby. No notes. That's all I fucking needed was that pun. Uh, so now fast forward. Kokushuko has gotten the double dragon medallion. He becomes two orcs. Yeah. For some reason. Crusty shadow ninjas. Two, two yeah. villains from Charmed. Uh, they, have, they have some ninja weapons, but the brothers Lee uh, really pretty handily whip their ass. Like, this fight scene is not that it's impressive. because they realize their weakness. Yes. Which is, of course, turning the lights on. Turning the lights on. Uh, so it when was he really has one weird. medallion. We fans. don't know why they're sensitive to light. There was never no. any implication that his shadow form with the one medallion was sensitive to light, because he would turn into a shadow. Well, he was sensitive on. to fans. <laughs> That's true. 
yeah, fans light, you know, very relate. When you combine the body and so he the soul, would thrive in an Amish community. That's true. Yeah, it's a very uh, yeah, very uh, low tech kind of a thing. That's why it's from ancient China. It's an old medallion. Well, exactly. Maybe maybe not New Angeles. Maybe Central Pennsylvania is where he should try to take over next. So so Marion Marion goes to to crank the generator, and there's something I'd risk it all for her right there. Like just her just ripping that thing. Alyssa Milano just killing it. Uh, yeah, and then the lights come on, and, like, that's it. Yeah, uh, no they power. Just, they just kind of dissolve. Oh, wait, wait. Because this, now, this is, once the light comes on and they smash them back together, this is where the brothers, they do the stupid handshake. Uh-huh. And then they just swing each other around yeah. a few times. They just do. Yeah, in they a callback to the first kicks. fight. Yep. Yeah. So then they, and now this is when they do the, uh, ching. They have to. Push, push the the metal the the dragon. Oh yeah, they medallion together. Yeah, the medallion. medallion so they get their cool outfits. They literally kick the two orcs back into one. Yes, Togashuko. I don't know why that what, works. What a sentence. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah, inside you are two wolves. <laughs> inside every man is two orcs. Uh, so yeah, they clank it together. He goes, oh shit. They one of them tried to. How say, many times oh, do you think it take to sh- get that shot correct? Oh, to actually make them to, clean? Yeah, to make them go... Oh, they missed it Ching. a thousand yeah, times. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they put magnets in them to make it easier. See, uh, movie magic. Movie wow. magic. Yeah. So earlier, uh, here's the big joke is, I believe Billy is about to say, oh shit. Yeah, and he gets, and he cut, gets off. cut off. But now Victor, seeing them about to reunite the medallion, he goes, ah, shit. And they go, you said it. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Finally the payoff. <laughs> so... Now, the, the, when, the, when the Brothers Lee click the thing together, okay, first off, these Power Rangers-ass sparkle effects when they're transforming. Literal sparkles. Tornado sparkles. Literal tornado sparkles. They show up in these fucking geese, red and blue, because get it, haha, that's Double Dragon. Billy wears blue and Jimmy wears red. Um, they never wear geese in the No, in they the wear games. street clothes in the game. Yeah, it's a street fight. They didn't wear anything like, like this until the, the cartoon that came out the year before. Yeah, right. Which is, was it based on the movie or like? No, it the was cartoon came be? first. Okay. And then they also had those stupid fucking masks in the cartoon, though. See, I don't, I don't remember the Double Dragon cartoon. Oh, it was, it was real bad. Whatsoever. It was uh, real, do you remember Travis? Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, most cartoons did. <laughs> uh, especially spinoff ones. Uh, like, not everything was a Batman the Animated Series. Not everything was Street Sharks. That's also true. <laughs> Uh, so for some reason, Satori's spirit is just fucking appears. It's uh, been locked inside the medallion the whole time. There's nothing that ever gives you a hint of that. She it's gets just, exploded. It's just so space balls at this point. It is. Yeah. Like it's, she's like fucking, yeah. Space balls. She's like that. Or she's like Zordon without the tube. Like she just kind of goes, she's like the power is inside you all along. Basically like, aha. It's like, no, it was actually in the medallions. We just figured that out. Yeah. Yeah. And how does she get there? No one fucking knows. So now they just beat. Look at that kick. Did you shit. see that kick? Yeah. That was the hardest kick the Dude, Lord has ever seen. Stiff. It was a liver shot. Yeah, he just got him right in the fucking... Like, right he didn't pull that at all. So, Victor Victor Geisman, he's definitely not Kogashuko anymore, because he has no He lost his trench coat, so... He... I still thought he knew karate. He just gets... He doesn't even put up a fight here. No. He gets absolutely fucking owned. Jimmy jumps into Victor in, in a little turnabout is some fair play bullshit, and he starts... He turns him into Goofy. a California bro. How did they? <laughs> he turns into a California bro, and it just becomes we just do some fucking three stooges slapstick shit. That's the big payoff. Is he's like, why you hit? And he literally says, stop hitting yourself. He makes Victor of course he does. slap himself in the face, talk like a dipshit. The cops arrive. Everyone's laughing at what a fucking loser Victor is, which fair. Um, at this point, I, I guess that went out of fashion like right before this happens. So like, what a fucking loser. 
Uh, now he looks like a dork. Uh, a Bobo is a good guy now. He's laughing. And the cop, cop dad comes in. He's so happy to see his hot daughter. And he, and Jimmy, Jimmy Geisman, Jimmy Shuko immediately admits to every crime. He tries to write a check to the yeah, cop. Yeah, he wrote for like $189 million. $129 million. Yeah, just, and checks don't look like checks. It's some weird fucking. It looks like a ticket. Yeah, it looks like, like a lottery like a ticket. ticket. Yeah. yeah. He's like, here's a bajillion dollars. The cop's like, are you bribing me? He's like, yes, I am. You should arrest me. Uh, and then once that's done, Jimmy hops back out. Uh, Victor, who I guess had powers before, you know, he at least seemingly seemed capable even without the half of the medallion. No. Nope. Can't do anything about this now. Uh, everyone's happy. Uh, Victor is carted off to jail. Now he's just sad dad. Yeah, he's just but sad dad. Now, after all the, the bad guys, the main bad guys been beaten up and all the... The danger is gone. Now the cops are back. Now the cops are back. Like, oh, no, we're here now. Yeah, what do you know? We're, yeah. we're night cops now. Now they fucking show up. Yeah, we took back the streets. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, you're just getting overtime at this point. You know, they just parked out. They were like sitting there drinking Duncan. You know, they're just like waiting for it. And they're like, shit, shit, boss is coming. And they're like, yeah, they all, they all have their SWAT gear because, of course, they have fucking SWAT of gear. Of course. And uh, their tanks and shit. And they're like, yeah, we're back. Yeah, exactly. Fucking cops. So... <laughs> The, the Lee brothers are still wearing their dork ass like little outfits. Uh, Victor is carted off to jail and the heroes essentially like that's it. Uh, they decide to ride off into the sunset. Now they get into a hot rod car. Um, oh, I want to yeah, I want to make a comment as they're their car as they're getting in as, as Victor is getting uh, shoved into the cop car. He goes, uh, you know, you, you think that you think I'm bad. Wait till you talk to my lawyers or wait till you see my lawyers. Oh, I'm like a lawyer joke. Things just had to throw in a lawyer joke. Yeah. Uh, as, as a lawyer, um, I resent that. Uh, you yeah. resemble that remark as I a lawyer, resemble that remark. You'll be hearing from my me. <laughs> uh, so they get, they get the, the dragon wagon, baby. It, it is oh, the geez. shittiest. This was absolutely, we're going to make this a toy. Yeah. Our kids are going to buy this. Uh, cause it's, it's a shitty little Oldsmobile with a fucking, like the shittiest little airbrush dragon art on the side of it. It's like the Ecto one. It's when the I'm most budget Ecto one yeah. ever. Yeah. And it's, this is definitely the car that is owned by the weird guy in your neighborhood that no one's ever actually seen leave his house. Oh yeah. Uh, a Bobo offers to drive. Uh, they think it's Billy possessing a Bobo. Yeah. Which I always thought was odd. Cause Jimmy's the one with the possession powers, right? Not Billy. But Maybe. also remember, they're all stupid. <laughs> yeah, they're also all idiots. And so Jimmy sits with, uh, with, with Marion, and he's like, ah, finally we're alone now that Jimmy's not here because they think Jimmy is no, possessing Billy. a... Or Billy, sorry, that Billy's not here because they think Billy's possessing a Bobo. And then Billy pops up like fucking... Um, Why was he just creeping in the back seat? He's like Charlie, like the wild card pop up, you know? He's like... Wild, wild card, card, bitches! <laughs> yeehaw! And then they do yeehaw because it's actually a Bobo who we learned earlier is a very reckless driver. Uh, they go, oh, no. And then a Bobo hits the gas. They rev it. Fire shoots out of the dragon wagon. And they start going down the, st- the highway as credits roll. And we see the two henchmen, including the henchman. The henchman. Al Leong. Uh, on the side of the road with a funny thing. We'll hench for food. Thugs seek ruthless boss. <laughs> they make a little joke. Uh, and we see that the car is still traveling down the road. Looks to be very slowly. <laughs> That's like 20 miles an hour. Yeah. Fire is shooting out of it, and it is, they're not hauling ass down this, uh, down this bridge. And we get directed by James Yukich, and the credits roll, and that is Double Dragon. Oh, and the biggest sad part right there, story by Paul Dini. If they would have let him just continue, it could have been so much better. When Do you know when he got uh, 
ousted in the development? Very early. Okay. And then they gave it to Neil Shusterman? No, Neil Shusterman was helping him originally. Then they gave it to Michael oh. Davis and Peter Gould. Okay. Now, I think it was Peter Gould who got better later on. Oh, do you have some other stuff from uh, some yeah. later works of Peter Gould? Yeah, he actually became a big writer and producer for Breaking Bad. And he was one of the oh. co-showrunners for Better Call Saul. God damn, what yeah. a glow up. He, he, stood, he stepped yeah. up. That's good. You like to see it. You like to see the early missteps. You know, you stand tall at the end. And Paul Dini, in case y'all don't know, he was the one who did all the writing for Batman the Animated Series. I did not know had that. had very good writing. Yeah, I, that's the second reference to Batman the Animated Series so oh, far. So there, show. That, well, so there we go. These, these people did good work, just not necessarily on this Just one. not on this one. Yeah, so uh, let's, let's give a... Uh, let's, let's think here. Did And again... Me watching this, this was my first time. So what I want to, what we were usually going to do is talk about: Did this movie hold up? You know, did it match up to our memories? So I had no memories. These are brand new memories taking up space in my limited brain. So we'll start with Travis. What do you think? Yeah, this uh, this is the same movie I watch every couple of years. Uh, I love it just for that reason. It is one hundred percent early nineties. Uh, it's. I don't want to say dog shit because uh, I enjoy the hell out of it, but it's not if I, I guarantee if you brought this to a lay person on the street and you're like, hey, watch this movie. They go, why the fuck did you just do that? Right. To me? Um, so you, it's a very, you, you, had you to, wouldn't recommend it for a first time. Oh, I would. But that's just because you're mean. Um, yeah. Well, it's because <laughs> I got brain problems. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's to me. This is this is I, I remember. I love this because this is I remember going to see it, the theater the first time. Every time I watch it, it's just as bad as it ever was. And so it, it hits as home it for me. Same Plus, as it ever was. I, I, how can you pass up tall boots, short shorts, Alyssa Milano? Killing it here. God. Killing it here. Damn. Risk it all. Um, it is very of a time. Yes. Oh, very. It is, a, it is a very much that early mid-90s time capsule. Uh, I, I didn't mention this in the beginning. I Based off what I saw, and I'm sure I'm missing something, I believe this is the second kind of major video game movie. Super Mario Brothers with uh, Bob, Bob Hoskins. Hoskins and John Leguizamo came out the year before in 93. And Mortal Kombat, no, excuse me, Street Fighter came out one month after this uh, with the Jean-Claude Van Damme live action Street Fighter. And the next year was Mortal Kombat. So this was kind of early in that little run of shitty video game movies. He means great. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're great. They're of a time. They're bad. They're objectively bad movies, but I love every one of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. This was a treat uh, for the last third. Uh, Joe, how do you feel? The last third of the movie totally lived up to my memories. It was great. It was colorful. I love the visuals. It had acting, I guess. There were people acted in the but movie. But that first hour or so, completely unnecessary. Mm. Yeah, it, it, just, it didn't really do anything. Yeah, it just needs to be. It's just a fight. Like, yeah. you just need one big fight scene. It's That's, a fight and a chase and a fight and a chase. Yeah. And uh, then you get to the big showdown and it was a lot of fun. And Satori dies for some reason. You got to you got to get the motivation. Yeah. Begin the hero's journey. Oh, that's true. I guess they could have just sat in their theater and not care. Yeah, that was Obi-Wan getting cut down by. Because yeah, they didn't even know about the medallion until she died. Right before she died. She's like, oh, by the way, oh, here's yeah. this magical medallion that I have. Yeah, B- your dad BT had dubs, it. y'all. BT dubs. Medallion. Oh, they're saying that's what she said. I thought you were saying BT dubs. I'll say BT dubs. It is given away uh, at some point that Kogashuko or Victor Geisman was an associate of their dad. Like, they knew each other. Yeah. I think he killed their dad. I believe one of the lines here that Koga said was, you're weak like your father. There you go. To which Billy responded, you're ugly, ugly like, like your, your mother. mother. I wrote the, yeah, that's... Got his ass. 
Love that. That that was that was one of the quotes I I always remembered growing up because uh, it's like the only good delivered. It's delivered wonderfully, but it's also like one of those jokes when you're nine or ten years old. You're like, yeah, got got you, (laughs) (laughs) wrecked. Uh, Yeah, it's. uh, I think this was. I I basically agree with you, Joe. The last third, basically, when they get back to Power Core, It's it's so good at that point. It's silly. It's like the right kind of just nutty dumb bullshit karate stuff uh and because they had the who's the boss now now you know they want to say who's the boss now bitch but they didn't no they're trying to keep it do we know know what this was rated i'm assuming it was pg PG i believe pg okay it would have to be pg this wouldn't be g no this has to be pg yeah i'm gonna guess this is pg um and then the generally i send people to the hospital because you could have just said, I'll send you to the general hospital because they had to torture that, that pun. Loved it. Just uh, all, all just 10 out of 10 for me on that part. So uh, would you recommend it? I believe Travis, you already kind of answered. You would recommend it to a first time viewer in 2023 uh, because you're a sociopath. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm quite, quite fond of it. And I, I like people that live in the same weird headspace that I do. So, yeah. okay. Joe uh, pass. I, I would not. I, although for a 90s, early 90s movie especially, it did avoid some of the worst parts of that time period. What are like there weren't a lot of like homophobic or racial jokes. Yeah, that's true. It holds up fairly well as far as yeah. something you could actually still... Yeah, it's not still. problematic. You mainly cringe well, at the Other acting. than the, there's a little the cultural... Appro- I mean, the whole movie is fucking yeah, cultural the, appropriation. Yeah. Uh, let's get that out of the way first. Uh, and, you know, the Mohawks is slightly you know, problematic. Um, but, yeah, in terms of that, like, yeah, no... Uh, gay slurs that were kind of common in a lot of kids' movies, like oddly prevalent. Um, yeah, I think it's mostly in good fun, uh, but I would also would not recommend it no. to anybody. But now you say that. Now, how would you have felt 20 years from now seeing being like, oh, I could have watched a whole movie with Alyssa Milano and looking I like mean, that? that? You'd be like, oh. I, I missed oh. out, you know. I might, I'm not changed. saying the whole movie's worth that. I don't know. This movie but came out if, when I was nine. Yeah. Well, that's I what you say. I wouldn't have even appreciated it. But if you were going to watch it for the first time now, if I was recommending it to somebody to watch it now. Oh, I'd look her up and be like, who's that? And I'd look her up and be like, oh. Is that lady from Charmed? It's the lady from Twitter. I love Probably Charmed. the lady from Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Charmed was good. I loved Charmed. Yeah. I used to wake up extra early and watch Charmed all the time on the reruns. That's what I did as a young adult. I might, I might recommend someone just watch the last bit. There you go. Watch yeah, the you last start third. Just at Power Core. Yeah. Yeah, totally. You don't need to know the rest of the story. It's just, just an episode of Double Dragon at that <laughs> point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This uh, would have made a great show back then. Uh, <laughs> it would have made a show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, see? Okay. We agree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, so, final grade, uh, how many stars do you give this? I gave it 1.5. 1.5. And the 0.5 just was because it wasn't too offensive. Okay. It got a boost. All right. 1.5. Travis? I'll go uh, right down the middle and just give it a, I'll give it a three, five. Again, a part of that nostalgia has been a movie that I've watched all the time growing up. I don't think it's, it's not a great movie by any means, but it's a movie that uh, has a close place in my heart. So there you go. I'm going to uh, be a fucking coward and give it a 2.5 right in the middle of go. both of you. Um, I actually think that's fair because uh, it's not horribly made. Like it's not the worst thing I've ever seen in terms of like production value or anything like that. Acting is stupid. I mean, the story's awful, but there's a lot of camp fun in it. The last third, I genuinely thought was a lot of fun. And like, it's bad, but it's good bad. And I am not a person who usually, like, if it's just bad, I'm not going to like it. But this was really good bad. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's 
Well, 2.5 would be average. No, I should probably go two. It's a little below average. I think if a nine or 10 year old me saw this movie, would have lost his goddamn mind. Because I know after I saw it, like me and my little brother were doing the fucking handshake thing everywhere we go. It was, you were jacked as a little kid. If I would have seen this as a kid, I would have absolutely loved it. I know that would have been like, I would have been like five stars. This is awesome. Yeah. So this is just my. My uh, my child brain. Yeah, you got your nostalgia. Uh, my has, child brain. I, it's, it's never grown up. It just it lives there. It takes over the majority of my head. I mean, this is our this is our first review. I think it's fair. I mean, get ready for that. Nostalgia is gonna. Oh, that's a point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We so, don't have to be critical on these. Yeah, it's no. All subjective. It's, it's vibes based. Now, one thing I will say, as far as my memory goes, out of the big four video game movies from that time, Super Mario Brothers, Double Dragon, Street Fighter, and Mortal Kombat, this is the worst. See now, saying that I haven't seen any of the others since I was a kid. Okay, but as far as my memory goes, this was the worst of them. This was certainly the. I th- this was even more campy than uh, Mario Brothers. That's because those Mario were Brothers all was those, perfection. Well, those were all like if you think about it, those were all kind of had like a dark setting to them. There yeah. was something kind of I mean, evil this going. Technically, kind of did. Not in the power core. Really. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is the dark future of 2007 here, guys. I mean, is that when this is supposed to take yeah, place? Yeah, this one takes place in 2007. 2007. Okay. 2007. So I would have been living in Wisconsin. Yeah. Being a big sad. So where, where were all the scene kids? I need the emo swoops and the... Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, it's not a fair representation. They yeah, got, they, 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 they kind of miss, they missed on what actually happened. I wish they would have been accurate. Imagine scene kids <laughs> with frog fingers. Or <laughs> <laughs> like Mickey Mouse gloves with frog <laughs> Listening to the faint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, I would say this is actually, I, I think from what I can remember, and I have not seen them in a long time either. I actually think it's probably Mario or Street Fighter are worse because I think they try harder. How dare you? I mean, we'll get, if we ever talk about it, uh, that'll be a point of contention. I think that movie stinks. Um, but uh, Street Fighter, I think like it was kind of still trying to be serious. And so it failed harder. Where this one's a little bit like purposely lighthearted that it kind of can get away with it sucking in a way that I feel is worse. I think it knows it sucks. Yeah, it knows it sucks. Like, yeah. I don't think Street Fighter knew how bad it sucked. Jean-Claude didn't. Jean-Claude absolutely did not. Raul, Raul Julia absolutely did. Oh, yeah. And he's the best part of the fucking movie. <laughs> uh, but we can get to that another day. So uh, I'll go with a two. Uh, and let's see. Um, I guess that's that wraps up Double Dragon. Let's Let's kind of... Talk about where people can find us, Joe. All right, we can find us on Instagram at Video City Podcast and at Twitter at Video City Pod. And if you stay tuned next time, we'll be watching a classic movie starring Alex Winters, Keanu Reeves, and William Sadler. Sound spicy? It does. It might not be what you think. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time on Video City. Next time on Video City. The dude from Stand By Me. What was his name? And Sliders? Uh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> He's got O'Connell. The, yeah, yeah. Jerry O'Connell. Was it Jerry O'Connell? Yeah. yeah. He was the one in Joseph Hart. Yeah. How did he survive? He got to be Robin. He's got a that, Disney with daytime no, talk show. That's Chris O'Donnell, <laughs> not Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> right? They should have named Correct, better. Yes. Who fucking cares? Whatever. Anyway, this shit sucks. All those, all, every movie we just mentioned fucking stinks.